Mac Power Users, episode 661, Our Desks and Bags. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mac Power Users. My name is David Sparks, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you today, Stephen? I'm good, David. How are you? Oh, man, I am in the honeymoon. I, I'm loving this new room, so I'm uh, having a great time sitting here working and uh, talking to you about Mac stuff. So I'm uh, I'm all good, brother. Yeah, we've been talking about your your studio for quite a while, and you've been talking about it on the site and in the labs, and you're in it now. In fact, last week's MPU was recorded there, and yeah. uh, under a temporary set, I think we talked about it, you had like a blanket fort you had built, which was adorable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But now you're a little more set up. I've been getting pictures of you moving furniture and stuff. So we thought it'd be a good time to sort of check in with that and kind of what we're doing as far as as gear. And today on more power users, we're going to extend that topic a little bit and revisit your two notebook lifestyle because I got a text from you. I don't want to say it was a crisis moment, but maybe it was a crisis moment where you thought maybe I need a Mac Studio. So we're gonna we're gonna talk yeah. through that for members at the end of the show. Yeah, that was that was that was a rough few minutes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to talk about that. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's cool, man. And uh, we are here today to talk about our bags, you know, our desks, and and a bit of the new space. I feel a little bit like I keep, you know, imposing this on the listeners. It's like, oh, Sparky has a new room, and he can't stop talking about it. But it has been quite a journey for me, and. Uh, I, I just can't help but sit here and smile as I sit in the new space and do stuff. I made a labs video this morning and I didn't have to put up that stupid screen behind me. The background looked good. The every, you know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of nice when all of a sudden everything just starts working the way you wanted it to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, <laughs> listeners may have pieced this together over the years, but you know, we try to talk about the new iOS release when it comes out. We try to talk about the new Mac OS release when it comes out. Ventura is still in beta. And it's so like every week I look at the topic spreadsheet and like, well, I'm just going to keep kicking that down the road a little bit. So the fall is always a little bit strange <laughs> around yeah. here. But uh, this seemed like a good time to, to check in on this stuff because you've had this really big change, right? And I went through this a year ago when I expanded my studio. And uh, in fact, we talked about that on MPU 619, so that'll be in the links uh, in the show notes. But it's a big move for you. You know, this is, I hadn't really put this together kind of in my mind until the other day, but like this is sort of the the most like physical representation of your dropping of the law firm, right? This yeah, is now your full-time yeah. Max Sparky, and part of that means you have this studio space for you to create stuff in, and so... Uh, I couldn't be more happy and more excited for you, but it's kind of like this really cool, tangible thing. You've made this big change in your career, and now you have the space to to flesh that out. And so it seemed like a great time to do it. I told the story in the Max Sparky Labs, but you know the you know Daisy and I talk a lot about Walt Disney Company because she works with them, and we're both fans. And after they made the Snow White movie, they made millions of dollars on it at a time when movie tickets cost a nickel. And they basically took all the money and they invested it. They bought the property in Burbank and built this purpose-built set of buildings to make animated movies in. And 
they designed it from the ground up for that purpose. Like the artist's offices only faced north. They only had north-facing windows, so they would never have direct sunlight on the art. They built a tunnel between two buildings because even though we have good weather here in Southern California, it still rains once in a while, but even more important, the wind blows. And, you know, when you have these hand-painted cells and you need to go from the cell, you know, um, artist to the ink and paint department, that's a separate building. And they didn't want them to be outside exposed to dust and the wind. So they built a tunnel underneath and like everything in the, in the structure was designed to make the production of future movies better. And that's kind of this for me, my representation of that, you know, um, I realize, okay, I really want to make Max Barkey work. And there's a couple things that really are important to me. You know, this idea of contextual computing, teaching people that you can be productive with technology. It doesn't have to be a burden. And I want to create the space where I can do that effectively. And, you know, it was an investment, but I feel like it was necessary. And, and like moving in here, it feels like me doubling down on my promise. And uh, I, I have no problem with it, you know, and I know this is all kind of wishy-washy stuff, but, you know, the um, I feel like I'm doing more good for the world as a Max Barkey than mm-hmm. as a lawyer. And I I want to deliver the goods, you know, and, uh, and so I, I think this is what I needed. And I am just super happy to be in here. I'm, I'm like, this is the second day of actual production. Last week was kind of like, I had, like you said, I built a fort of blankets in here just because I wanted to record in here. But now it's like, this is my space. And uh, while it's not completely put together yet, it's it's getting closer every day. And uh, man, I'm just, just happy to be here. So never has some person waxed so much poetic about a room. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but the, uh, but uh, it is, you had that same thing last year, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's like there's something about saying, this is my workspace and this is where I work. And it really changes the whole environment. Even I've noticed just like yesterday, I spent the all day in here and at night I left and it was like easier mm-hmm. to sit down to work because it's like, it's a separate space. And then I could go and be mindful with Daisy during dinner. Or if we watch the TV together in the evening, it just, there's just something about having that space. So I'm, I'm yeah. very happy. I have to admit, I quit listening because I started thinking about building a tunnel from the pod cabin to my house. When you talk about you go. Disney, so yeah, I mean, hey, why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, it's funny that that because Daisy, one of Daisy has a couple jobs. One of her jobs is she actually gives the tours of the Burbank studio, and she's telling me, oh yeah, they shoot a bunch of movies in that tunnel. Like, um, uh, she's just telling me, you remember that Escape to Witch Mountain movie where the rocks in it, and there, there's a scene in there where they're running through a tunnel. They they shot it in the tunnel that was designed to move cells from one building to the next. But you know, it's a movie studio, so. They use anything, um, but it's kind of cool that they did stuff like that. And I actually did the same thing. Uh, my main window in this is north facing because one of the things I learned in the old space was because we had a bunch of south facing windows and there was only like a few windows each day that I could shoot video because the direct sunlight really messes it up. And, and, and just to share a little bit of my journey. So Max Sparky for me started in a corner of the bedroom, you know, uh, I had like a little temporary desk. And so the first like five or six years of Mac power users was recorded from a corner of the bedroom. And, and that went on for a long time. I mean, and, uh, and then when my oldest went away for school, I, she had a 10 by 10 room 
And I got that. So we we talked about that on the show a little bit. And so I had a little kind of studio space. But then COVID hit and she needed to come back home. And I, you know, I wasn't going to make her sleep on the couch. But also I had learned that 10 by 10 space wasn't enough. I mean, it was really hard to find angles to shoot a video and, you know, do the things I wanted to do. And I had to have gear down in the garage because it just didn't fit. And so um, we decided, you know, to add the space on. But then after COVID hit, I went down to like the family room because we, it's Southern California. Our houses are small. So I was right in the middle of the house up for the last two years, basically. And, and now finally, after doing this for 16 years, I actually have dedicated space really kind of for the first time. And you, you've done this, this interesting thing where you have built different stations in your space. Um, so you've got like a traditional one, like you've got the computer desk. Uh, you've talked before about your writing desk. But you also have some other areas. You've kind of segmented this out a little bit. I like to hear about what those are and then why you took this approach? Like what, what benefit do you see from having these kind of separate zones? Well, just, you know, context, you know, contextual computing, also just context in your life, changing context really helps. And the way it works is, so our house had like a little like square, our house has like one of the rooms pops out the back, right? So if you look at it, like a floor plan, there's a big rectangle and a little square popping out the back on on the right side. So the the new studio space is just popping out a square on the left side, you know, kind of matching. So two of the walls of my new studio already existed. But when I was talking to the contractors and getting pricing, um, and that was like a, uh, I think it's a 12-foot, like, extension. I said, well, what if I went out 20 feet? What if I added an extra 8 feet? And they, you know, they gave me a price and it wasn't that much more. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. So mm-hmm. the, the, ultimately the room ended up being 14 feet wide by 20 feet long, which is one of the biggest house, biggest rooms in our house. <laughs> but that <laughs> gave me the space to, to make these context spaces. And number one, I wanted to be able to get all my gear in here. So I don't have to go to the other areas of the house if I want to change a microphone or something. But I wanted a, my computer desk set up. I've talked already about the writing desk, but I wanted a, an analog or writing desk set up. And I have this great desk, and I wanted to make sure that landed in here. But um, I have a leather chair I bought um, at the beginning of COVID, and I find I really like sitting in it. Um, you know, I'll sit there with the iPad. I'll do day one entries there. I'll do omnifocus planning there. But it's just like a different context for it. And then one of the things that really suffered in all my prior setups was a place to shoot video. Like I would rather on more of my screencasts have my face in it as well as the video screencast. But the problem was always, I never had a backdrop where I could kind of do that. And like people were walking behind me when I was downstairs and it's just, it's just, you know, my wife's doing the laundry. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work. And uh, now I can actually do that. So I have, set it up so I can do a backdrop of my face while I'm recording screencast, but I can also just uh, roll a camera in front of me and, you know, set it up. I, I, I got this really cool material. It's walnut on little sheets of plywood that they, they fit together. So I have this one wall that is like, that's the expensive wall, but it looks really nice as a backdrop. And uh, so I, I've got that set up. I put plugs in the ceiling so I can hang lights, you know, I've just kind of, thought it through. So I've got a video uh, kind of shoot space as well. Um, I've just 
I've just kind of set up little corners of the room with different purposes. And, uh, and I'm still figuring it out entirely, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. One component of this is your video card. I don't think we're going to get super deep into this today, but you've, you've sent me pictures of this where you have built sort of an all-in-one like <laughs> video studio on this cart you found. Yeah, this was, uh, I got the idea from some uh, makers on YouTube were doing something similar. And this is one of the things where having the Max Sparky Labs really helps. I sent out a video to the to the kind of supporters, and they had a bunch of great ideas too. But basically, they make these things called video carts, and they're very like rugged, and they fold up and go in your car. And if you're a video professional, you can get one of these. And then like you go to a shoot, and you pull it out of your truck, and it drops down, and it's got big knobbly tires on it. And you can you know move around a location and shoot video. And I thought it was a great idea, but I didn't need it because they're like three grand. You know, they're really expensive and I didn't need anything that powerful. So I got off Amazon for a hundred bucks, just a cart that you push around. Like, I think it's made for like cafeterias or something, you know? <laughs> that is kind of what it looks like. Now that you mentioned it, I could see some like carts and little pieces of pie on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, but it's got rubber wheels, so I didn't need to upgrade the wheels. And I'm going to be just using it in this one room and it's got three levels to it. And I got clamps and I hooked up um, tripods and poles where my fancy camera is on one leg, uh, lighting is on another leg, and then I'm going to have a a boom mic with a little shotgun on it on another leg. So basically, I can roll this thing around this room and point it any direction I want and just flip a switch and start recording video. And, you know, in the old days, the way I'd do it is I'd get tripods out and I'd put the lights on tripods and I had cords spread all over the place. This thing is like all self-contained and like all my batteries get charged on it and uh, extra, I have extra tripods and gear and stuff related to shooting video and I can just push it in the corner. But when I want to shoot video, I can put it up and I haven't entirely got it worked out yet. Like I do have an extra monitor here. I think I'm going to hang a monitor on it so it can be like a live feed monitor that's really big so I can check focus, but it's, it's really cool. And, uh, we can maybe do another show on it or talk about it at another point, but yeah, I sent the picture to you cause I knew you would get it. You know what I mean? It's just like people who make this stuff, it is hard to like do it. Some folks have like separate rooms in their studios where they just shoot video and they've got like a permanent setup and they can just walk in and push a button. Uh, my room isn't big enough to do that. But with this video cart, I can be shooting video really quickly. Yeah, that, that's one thing that I've have, have strived for over the years in my studio. With my, you know, I've got a an overhead shooting table, and that's where I do my streaming from. And for me, I wanted that to be as quick as possible to either like go take a picture or go sit down and, and be on video, you know, pretty quickly. And it's amazing, you know both you and I are, I think, primarily consider ourselves like podcasters and writers. Like for me, at least video yeah. is sort of an add on to that. And so I wanted that to be as simple as possible to get to get going. And you've taken that to an all new level with your with your lunch cart. Yeah, it, it works great, though. And and I want to do more video. And now I've got the ability and the location to do it. So uh, this is this is one of the benefits of this. I mean, all this really is just an investment in making better stuff as Max Barkey. Speaking of which, um, I want to talk about the Vesta board and the whole situation. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. I was hoping we get to this. 
Okay, so I've wanted a Vesta board for years. I, I just think they're super cool. I like the noise they make, but they're super expensive. And I had at one point ordered one, but then when I decided to commit to this room, I'm like, that is like $3,000 I do not need to spend, so I canceled. Mm-hmm. And and then I was looking at it again as the room was finishing up, and I thought, you know, I could get a nice TV for like under $1,000. And so... And I could still put some of the like stuff I wanted to do with the Vesta board on it, but I could do more. And so I got a, a Samsung a TV and I hung it up just over the weekend. And what I'm doing a couple things with, it. I've got an Apple TV connected to it. So like I can have it to watch stuff. I can have it to preview my stuff before I release it, you know, when I want to just check it on a regular screen. And then the other thing I'm finding that I really like it is, you know, I've talked about how I have a little status board iPad on my desk. I I just drive it with AirPlay to that TV. And so I've got this, you know, big 50-inch screen in the corner that has today's weather, my calendar events, my uh, OmniFocus task list that has the time in Memphis, the time in California, and just like all the kind of like status boardy stuff that I need. I also, because I like Readwise and because, you know, I am susceptible to this motivational stuff, I have put up random quotes from my Readwise database. And I just, I only haven't used it now two days. I really like it. Now I get that I've got the same thing on my desk because I'm mirroring it from an iPad, but I'm walking around the office all day, you know, and I'm doing stuff in here and being able to look up and see when my next appointment is or, you know, whatever feels pretty good. I, I think this might be better than a Vesta board for what I need ultimately, even though it doesn't make the cool sounds, but yeah, I, uh, I'm, you know, I got in at like less than a third of the price and I think probably something better ultimately for me, but that, that's, uh, that's something I just installed and I'm really excited about. Well, it's definitely something infinitely more flexible, right? I mean, you, yeah. you can use that yeah. thing to show Apple events, like when that's going on or, or yeah. uh, yeah. You know, the Vesta board is awesome, and I've actually seen, I've seen two now in person. Like, I, they're amazing, but uh, definitely limited and very expensive. And so I think for your yeah. needs, you know, the utility of it, a TV is, is totally the way to go. Um, I've thought about yeah. adding one out here, uh, and I may do that at some point for kind of a similar, similar use. Yeah, the one thing I did was I got one with a, a matte screen. I didn't get one with a, a glossy screen because another thing I, I feel like it could be a background in videos. Like if I wanted to, I could put stuff up on it and shoot a video in front of it. So there's just um, there's a lot of uses for it. And then uh, I want to save this for another day, but I'm also starting to put automation stuff in. You know, this is a room that is my room. You know, I share all the other rooms in the house. So. Mm-hmm. I'm always a little careful with automation, but I now have sensors on all the doors and the window. I've got um, uh, Acara. If you listen to the automators, you know that Rose and I are big fans of this Acara company. They It's a Zigbee protocol, which means it doesn't use your Wi-Fi. And they are very reasonably priced um, things. Like I did the uh, leak detectors all over the house, you know, under the sinks and the toilets and whatnot. And they were they were fairly inexpensive and they, they've got a new human presence sensor. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of creepy, but uh, it's not on Amazon yet. I had to get it from AliExpress, but uh, it's on the way. But if it works as well as everybody says it does, it knows when I'm here and not, 
so then suddenly I can start tying lighting and everything as well to my presence. And uh, there's just a whole lot of work for me to do with that. But, you know, I've got home pods in here. There's no reason I can't make this room like play Star Wars when I walk in the door and turn mm-hmm. the lights on and do cool stuff. But I, uh, you know, I'm only, I'm only here a couple days at this point. Give me, give me time, but this is going to get nuts. Yeah. I've done, I've done quite a bit out here in terms of automation and just smart home stuff. Uh, every, basically every light in here is a smart light except for the overhead lights. And I'm going to change those switches out to be smart. Just at some point, I just haven't, haven't gotten to it. Uh, but it is, it is a good thing to have some separate space to play with smart home stuff because, if you're like me, and I bet a lot of our listeners are too, sometimes family members aren't always hip to adding <laughs> adding smart home stuff. So uh, an example, I recently added both my garage door and our driveway gate to HomeKit. And I was, you know, excited about that. We could use our phones and the HomePod and, and even CarPlay to like open the garage and gate. But the what I was told was that's fine, but it also has to work with like, the regular old school <laughs> openers and uh, yeah. totally fair. Right. So I found a way to, to preserve that. And it's, it's good for us, I think, to have a place to, uh, to experiment with that sort of thing without driving our, our families and <laughs> people we live with crazy. Yeah. I've been mean, like, I put a, uh, we have, we use these quick set locks in our house, you know, and quick set is famous for having the ability to, to user can rekey it. So like, You've got a key, you get a new quick set lock, you can, there's a little metal thing you stick in a hole and you can change, basically change the lock to match your existing key. But they also have a home kit uh, set of things and they're a little clunky, you know, they have four AA batteries in them, so they're kind of big. Um, but I've, I had one on the front door for years and it's been very reliable, so I went and got, got one for the studio. Like one of the things I've done now is if the door is unlocked for like 10 minutes, my hue lights are going to turn yellow. And it's like, hey, why is the door unlocked? You know, and mm-hmm. I feel like I can do that to some more stuff in the house. And uh, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of stuff I can do with this. And this is going to become like a home kit lab for me in addition to serving other purposes. Yeah. And if you accidentally plunge yourself into darkness in the middle of the day, that's on you and only affects yeah. you. So that, that's okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. This episode is made possible by our friends over at 1Password. We all have countless online accounts, social media, email, banking. Each one of them deserves a secure, unique password to keep us safe. But that's hard to do. Look, we all have the family member that has a little index card with a bunch of passwords. I know somebody who keeps them on an actual Rolodex. There's a better way. That better way is 1Password. You can use it to create strong, unique passwords, and you don't have to remember them. They're all stored in 1Password on all of your devices. So if you're at home, at work, or on the go, you can log into all of your accounts and applications easily. It works across a wide range of browsers and devices, and 1Password stays on top of the newest OS features. So of course, it supports Face ID and Touch ID. Of course, it supports Autofill and iOS. There's this great new feature in the new 1Password for Mac where you can use 1Password to sign into almost anything, not just web pages, but applications. They sing what's on the screen and they fill it out for you. It's a total game changer. One thing I love about 1Password is their communication. 
over on the One Password blog, you can always read about new features, explanations for features, and uh, they've been writing this series about uh, SSH keys, something that I'm definitely familiar with, but there's a bunch of new One Password features. There's a new One Password SSH agent uh, that I've been reading about, and it's really fantastic. So go check it out. You want to go to onepassword.com slash MPU. There you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. And when you sign up, you'll get 20% off. Once again, that's onepassword.com slash MPU. All right. So uh, I will talk more about the studios in the future, but I'm not going to go deep. in. Like I said, I feel like I've done too much over the, uh, as it is over the last few months, but uh, I'm going to do a final video kind of like show off of the room once I get it set it up and, and I'll talk about that here and we'll put the link out and the labs members are getting a regular diet of this stuff. But uh, the reason we're here today is to talk about our desks and our bags. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of go through that again and um, and just kind of work through what we're using and what's on our desks. Uh, this stuff is always kind of in motion for both of us. And uh, let's get started. Yeah, so I w- actually want to start with with you because you have now moved your desk. You walked through this. You've moved your desk a couple of times over the last few years. And, uh, of course, your computer setup has changed. So what does your computer desk look like now? Well, I one of the things I did, well, I was forced to do because the construction bust into the house where my old setup was, and there was dust everywhere. I had to take everything off my desk, and I took that opportunity to strip everything from underneath, you know. And it was like an archaeological dig of technology. You know, mm-hmm. you, 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 whenever you do that, you, you'll find like a couple cables that don't go to anything. Yeah. You're like, what is this for? You know, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, so I, I took everything off and um, and I stuck it all in a box. And it, you know, for like a month and a half, I was just working off my laptop around the house. But getting back in the room gave me an opportunity to start from from square one. I've got a now 10-year-old sit-stand desk from a company that was called Terra at the time. They're not around anymore. When I bought it, it was the number one recommendation from Wirecutter. Mm-hmm. And they I think the company went out of business or did something else. So you can't even buy it anymore. But it's a bamboo top, uh, which I don't really... I think in a perfect world, I think I would change this to walnut. Maybe someday I'll just make a walnut top and stick it on here because it just bolts on. But the and it's got silver legs, but it's got a motor in it and a little button next to it, uh, so I can make it go up and down. And you plug the desk in, and it does have a power strip underneath. So you know my my bare setup is as a is a sit stand desk, and it um and it's connected to a a UPS device connected to the wall. So you know I've got a nice big surface desk here. I think it's 30 inches by like six feet. It's nice and big and gives me plenty of room to kind of get a lot of work done. So that's kind of my starting point is the desk. What what desk are you using these days? Yeah, so when I uh, expanded the studio, I bought a fully Jarvis bamboo standing desk. So in practice, it's very similar, uh, very similar to yours. I've got the biggest size they make, which I think is six feet long. And uh, I did the light bamboo top, and I stand probably twenty five to thirty percent of the time. Um, I often stand when recording, 
And and then I think we talked about this before when it's really kind of like, okay, you really got to like buckle down and do this. I'll stand. I find it to be a focusing thing for me. And I've been, I've been super happy with this desk. It's been in here a year now and it works perfectly for what I need. Is that your first sit stand desk? It is. And so it sounds like it's, it's landing for you if you're using it 25% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, I think it really has. Uh, before this, I was using a door bolted, like screwed to a set of Ikea legs. Uh, and that, that desk is still here. That's, that is now the base for my overhead shooting table or my streaming PC is. And that, that poor door, like you mentioned levels of technology. When I moved to this desk and then set the PC up over there, uh, it was all sorts of things, all sorts of cables. Like, oh, this doesn't actually go anywhere. You know, it was like plugged yeah. into my Mac Pro, but the other end went nowhere. And it's always fun to to move uh, and change that setup. But yeah, I've been I've been really happy with the sit stand desk. And w- one thing that I'm glad I did is that I sprung for the controller that has presets, so you can save the heights to a button. And I like that because I I want it to be the same height every time I sit in the same height, every time I stand. And so I just have those programmed as number one and number two, and I can hit the button I want. And I'm not like holding a button as it comes up and like trying to remember the number of inches it needs to be. I could just hit it. It takes a second to move and then I'm good to go. Yeah. Well, this is an older desk and it has programmable buttons, but they never really stuck right. So I, I do manually move it, but I like you, I stand Probably about 25% of the time. I love it. Also, I have a high chair. I've got that Capisco chair that we mm-hmm. talked about on the show. I have to remember when we talk on the show, I, if you just search weird desk chair, that is the number one reply on, on Google. <laughs> but Mike Schmitz talked me into this chair, and I actually kind of like it. You can like flip it around and do different things. But kind of by default, it sits a little higher than a normal desk chair. So uh, I kind of keep it at medium or high. Most of the time, rarely do I need to drop it down to like a normal size desk. Um, and uh, I really do like the sit stand desk. I don't know. I guess this is me being a nerd and avocado toast eating, you know, geek. But um, it does help to kind of mix things up. Like I stand often too. I'm standing. I've been standing throughout the show today, and um, we all got a uh, got our little things we do. And, and this is one of mine. But one of the tricks to that is if you do that, make sure to buy yourself a nice. Uh, a mat for underneath that you can stand on because if you're like standing on a hard floor um, it does you know wear on you after a while yeah absolutely and my my studio is just a concrete floor and i have some carpet tiles under the desk just to soften it up and help with sound reduction and stuff Uh, but i have a standing mat that i store underneath uh some shelving and I, i go and get it anytime it's uh time to stand up yeah i just push mine under the desk when i'm not when I'm out standing and then the dog takes naps on it and gets mad at me when I want <laughs> there you to go. use it. All right. So, uh, another thing I had on my desk before that I'm not using anymore is I had a shelf, you know, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I got a shelf. I convinced you to buy one that, mm-hmm. and it never landed for you. And they're nice shelves. I mean, you know, that was the idea of you could put, um, a shelf up that would give you like another layer of storage underneath your monitor stand. Um, a couple things changed though. First is I, um, you know, I wanted to declutter a bit. So that, that got me thinking. And then also I always felt a little uncomfortable with this pro display on top of a shelf because it was like one more layer of tipsy. 
Yeah. And, you know, where I live, sometimes it shakes a little bit. So I, I kind of wanted to to get the monitor down on the desk. So this time I put it under the shelf. And then I started looking at it. And with the always-on display and the new iPhone stand, where I want to be able to see the time and the, you know, the the focus mode, um, it, it for a variety of reasons, I took the shelf off and immediately said, oh, yeah. I don't think I want a shelf anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with that shelf. I'm going to, I'm going to offer it to my daughter. If she doesn't want it, I'll probably give it to somebody in the labs, but the, um, I just, um, yeah, I don't need a shelf anymore. So that changed. Yeah. I ended up giving mine to my brother for the same reason. I was like, okay, the XDR is really heavy and I think I want it just squarely, <laughs> squarely on the desk. Yeah. But then, you know, once we get past the, you know, kind of the mechanics of the desk, um, then you get into the stuff you put on top of it. And we both, I guess, let's just talk about our our hardware itself. I'm using a 16-inch MacBook Pro and a Pro Display. That's like the fundamental technology on my desk. Um, The way I use it is uh, I put a pad of paper under the the Mac because I'm just so nervous setting something like this down on the same desktop that I do occasionally have glasses of water. Now, granted that the cup I have is this nicely branded Mac power users, Yeti mug that we sold (laughs) a couple of years ago. And there's a little lever on the top and you just close it when you're not drinking it. And so if it tips over, it doesn't really leak, but, um, but you never know. And I actually always keep the water on the opposite side of the computer, but, but uh, I just got to, it's about an inch thick. It's a pad of paper. And sometimes I want to write some notes down on a pad of paper. I'll pull it out, but generally it just stays underneath and uh, just getting your, your laptop an inch off makes sense. I, I did look at, you know, as I was resetting things recently, some of the, like the vertical stands, they make nice, cool stands. Uh, like 12 South makes a couple nice ones where you can like prop up your Mac vertically Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, that would be cool. I could put that like on the back of the desk and then like prop it up. You'd see the Mac logo and you'd, that would give you more desk space because the 16 inch MacBook, and I'll put a picture of my desktop in the show notes, but the 16 inch MacBook actually does take quite a bit of space, you know, on when you just lay it down. But it's the same thing about earthquakes. I, I just think that, you know, do you really want to tip it up on its edge? on the edge of your desk, this very expensive laptop, if, if things wobble around, is it going to, you know, fall and break into a million pieces? I just ultimately decided to leave it flat. So I had been using the, the Mac pro uh, since it came out at the end of 2019. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. sold that and have moved to a Mac studio and actually have it mounted underneath the desk. And if you look at the gear page in five fill pixels, there's a link in the show notes, the Mac studio, it like is, in this 3D printed mount that uh, someone on Etsy made. And it's just uh, screwed into the desk and the Mac Studio fits really nicely in there. There's now more options for this. But for me, I wanted it under the desk because with the Mac Pro, the Mac Pro was under the desk. And then when I had the sit-stand table, it was on the side table. But I didn't want it taking up space on the desktop and the Mac studio makes noise all the time. And the, the fan noise while minor was noticeable. And so putting it under the desk cannot hear it anymore. And if I've got to like plug something in, I'm super thankful for the two USB C ports on the front of it. Uh, in fact, right now I have a, uh, a lightning cable plugged into it because I was charging my trackpad before we started recording. So I don't have to 
like dig around like under the desk to find a port. And uh, that's that's nice. And so I just have it tucked neatly out of the way. It's it's off to the side. So I don't ever like bang my leg into it or anything. But I've been really happy with it because it kind of returns my setup to kind of like the iMac setup that I had for years. Like you just see the display keyboard and mouse and you've kind of got to like, where's the computer and kind of look around for it. And so having that stashed underneath has been a a nice change for me. It's it's far less intrusive in the room than the Mac Pro ever was. Yeah. And so the MacBook Pro does take space. You know, I'm not sure what the exact dimensions are of this thing, but I don't know. It's like about 14 or 15 inches by uh, by about 11 or I don't know. But if you've seen a 16 inch MacBook Pro, you know, it's a lunch tray, you know, mm-hmm. um, the uh, but a couple of things I've done that I think are interesting is number one is I don't put it in the traditional layout. I don't like put it like the way you would open it on your lap on the desk. I put it sideways. So uh, the side ports are on the back and the front. So the on one side, you've got two USB-C ports and a headphone jack. Well, that's the back of the way I have it on the desk. And uh, one of those heads into a CalDigit Thunderbolt 4 Elements hub. And I have been so happy with this thing. It was It was expensive. I think it was a couple hundred bucks when I bought it, which was a lot. But it gives me three additional USB-C, fast USB-C ports, and four additional USB-A ports, which with a laptop, you kind of need that. And then the flip side of that, you know, so on one side, I've got the two USB-C and the, and the headphone, and the headphone goes into my focal uh, speakers. Uh, the, the flip side is the SD slot, an additional USB-C port, and the HDMI, and those face forward. Mm-hmm. So like me putting the HDMI card, I just I can reach it on my desk. It's, it's actually kind of ideal. Um, in that regard, like the ports I need. Just earlier today, I was recording um, some iPhone stuff for the, for a labs video about how I'm using Apple Mail, and I just plugged the um, USB C cord into the front of it, you know, quote unquote front, and the other end into my phone, and I was able to record to that directly. So that's kind of nice. The other thing is because um, I because it's flat and on my desk, I actually put stuff on it. I've got currently um, a little Star Wars statue that is not very heavy. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to put a brick on top of it, but, you know, things that are not too heavy. And I've got a book on there that I've been reading. And so it's fine, you know, but the um, uh, that's kind of the the setup. But it really, with if you can do a laptop like I'm doing and you've got a lot of inputs and outputs, this Elements Hub is a definite thumbs up from me. Because I, I, I had different hubs and none of them seemed to work. This one um, I've now had for uh when they released it, I bought it. So it was, I think last about a year ago, about October and it's just rock solid. And one of the things I did with the new setup is, um, I, I used gaff tape as my weapon of choice for the underside of this desk. And I gaff taped the hell out of this thing underneath the desk. So, um, in fact, I'll put a picture too of that. I, I'm going to update my gear page at Max Berkey, but right now it's out of date, but I don't want to update it until I finish the studio setup. But I put in like cross pieces and reinforcement pieces because I really want that thing to stick under the desk so I can just route all that cabling under the desk and into that thing. Yeah, the, the Max Studio gives me just enough ports to, <laughs> to do what yeah. I need to do. In fact, every single port on the back of it is taken up with something. and uh, as are the ports on the back of the the Pro Display XDR. So it's uh, I I for a while ran 
Cal Digit, like the TS3, I think. It was an older Thunderbolt dock, and it was fantastic. Yeah. But with the Mac Studio, I was able to get away with just having just the machine. But the uh, yeah, the Elements thing looks fantastic. Yeah, and, and continuing across the desk with technology and, and bric-a-brac, um, I've got, I've start, I, I, it's about the high-rise three dock for the phone. This is part of the new, you know, always-on phone. This is one of the reasons why I got rid of the shelf. So it holds the phone at an angle that, like, matches my eye. Um, the high-rise is nice in the sense that you can, you can charge your AirPods on the base you can charge the phone on like the front and you can charge your watch on the back of it all at once. And that's kind of nice. Um, you know, I know that they're, um, I forget what's the company that you just ordered one from, um, studio neat studio neat. I, I know they have one in, in progress and, uh, you know, maybe I'll get one of those for the upstairs or, or move this one upstairs and get one of those for downstairs. But for now I'm, I'm pretty happy with this high rise and, it's just one cable, which is really nice too. You know, it, it's got a USB-C cable and I don't know if it charges as fast as it can, but it it's fine and does the job for me. Um, I'm using, on the audio end, I'm using the Wave XLR um, uh, audio interface, which is not as nice as some of the, the better ones, but I really like this one because it's obvious. You know, like it's got a touchpad on the back where I can mute um, it shows me the levels and it's just a big knob. And for someone like me, it's kind of idiot proof, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just continue with some of the tech on top of my desk, the stream deck XL. I love it. I continue to love it, uh, on the stream deck. If you are looking to, uh, create uh, better stream deck icons, uh, there's a great app called button creator. I think we talked about it on our stream deck show. But I just continue to love that app. Just yesterday, I was adding a bunch of new buttons uh, with the you know the OmniFocus Four beta, which is out now. By the way, that's kind of cool for the Mac. But I was adding some additional automations for that, and I made a bunch of buttons and Button Creator. And then I have the twelve point nine inch iPad, and that kind of gets back to this idea of the status board on my desk. I love having it there. It shows me everything I'm up I'm up to. Uh, um, and this is duplicated over to the status board TV, but it's got current timer, um, accumulated time for the day, uh, local time, time zones, calendars, uh, OmniFocus, weather, and um, ReadWise stuff on it. And uh, I use that all the time. A couple things I did with that is I got a right angle cable off of uh, Amazon. And so when you plug it in on your desk, it's not um, sticking out the side, which was annoying to me. And I was able to route that cable subtly behind it. And I've got the whole thing on a draft table iPad stand, which really looks nice. And uh, I can adjust the height if I want, but generally it keeps it just at the right height for me. So that's kind of a summary of the tech on top of my desk. And, and then I have a set of speakers. They're Focals that I, we talked about this on the show previously. I got these like over 10 years ago. I reviewed them and then they said, okay, send them back. And I said, how much money? How much money can I send you to keep these? <laughs> and uh, they sound amazing. I still don't like that I have to see them on my desk. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. They, uh, but they, uh, but they sound amazing, and I don't regret it. So I've got that with a subwoofer underneath. Yeah, I'm still using my ancient sound sticks, and the right one is still hot glued together. It hasn't failed me yet. What, what's the tech on top of your desk? Yeah, so mine's pretty similar to yours. I've got the big. Stream Deck, the XL, and it's 
fantastic. Um, full of buttons that do all sorts of things. See previous episode. I put it in the show notes. Um, I've got my sound sticks and I'm using the, uh, the pro display XDR like you are. And, uh, my, my audio stuff's all outlined on my gear page, but I've got the, a mix pre and a mute button and a, a mic arm, you know, all the podcasting stuff as well. Yeah. I, uh, I still have the, the Elgato low profile mic stand, mic arm, which I love. Uh, I didn't mention earlier that I also keep, um, two hard drives. Uh, you have infected me. Now they're both SSD. Over the years, I've been kind of swapping out the spinning drives for SSD, but they're two little metal cases. With uh, one has a um, um, a time machine drive in it, and the other one is like archive storage. And I have stacked those behind the Pro Display. It's I sent you a picture. It's not as bad as it used to be, where I had literally taped them to the monitor arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it is kind of bad. It's behind the stand, and I I have also gaff taped those as an earthquake measure, so they don't roll around back there. But I don't see them generally. That's why I didn't mention them earlier. I forgot they were there. And I I added. We talked about our Opal cameras that we put on our machines, and I added one of those Elgato lights because my new location doesn't have a window behind it, so I need to occasionally light myself a little better. What do you got under your desk? Do you have anything else under your desk? Uh, no, that's, that's really it. Just the Mac studio stuck up there and a battery backup. That's completely unremarkable. Yeah. I, I have with this new setup, I have much less under my desk. I just got that hub. And other than that, I've got some cabling and lots of gaff tape, but it, it looks, the underside of my desk looks better now than it has in a long time because I was able to remove so much extra stuff. You want to talk about bric a brac? Yeah. I like, Knickknacks. I mean, <laughs> you could say my entire studio is full of them. Some of them are just Mac shaped, but uh, you know, I've got a, a a wooden trophy from my connected podcast. I have a 3D print someone made me of the saint of the statue that stands outside of uh, the St. Jude Hospital building, which I absolutely love. And then uh, other kind of like relay paraphernalia gifts we've given over the years. Like we did a walnut wood block our first year and some other stuff like that. Um, and of course I have a bell because I host tech podcasts. So got to be able to ring your bell at any given moment. Yeah, I have one too. You gave it to me when we first started together and I love it. Except mine has a little stormtrooper helmet on the bell head that I found in the yard. I've got various <laughs> Wait, bits of Star You found Wars. it in the yard? Yeah, I was out in the yard and because I have a bunch of stuff. So let me just tell you about the experience of coming to the Sparks house as a seven-year-old boy. Um, I have a little, like, you know how people have umbrella stands? I've got one next to my back door with, like, six lightsabers in it and uh, little plastic Star Wars guns. And then I've got a bucket of Legos, various Star Wars Legos I've picked up over the years. And when you come to my house and you're a little boy or a little girl, I just open all that stuff up and say, go crazy. Mm-hmm. And they love it. And uh, so the contractor, his son came over with him a couple weekends. And then he told me that he wanted to come with him now every day to my house because, you know, <laughs> we make it fun. But yeah, so one of the kids was playing with a, a stormtrooper out there. And they, at some point, you know, the little helmet fell. And I have rocks in my backyard, so they're very easy to to lose. And I was out pulling weeds. And I'm like, hey, that's a little stormtrooper helmet. And he looks like he's been through the war. He's super dirty and like beat <laughs> up. And then I thought, well, I'll just put it on my bell. 
But yeah, I, I have various bits of Star Wars. It, my relationship with Star Wars is very unhealthy. Um, but I also, I love these Ryan Holiday like challenge coins and the, and I've got a couple for some of my shows like Mac Power Users 500. And the, I have a, a, a drawer full of those. I always put one or two of those out just to look at when I'm sitting here. Um, I have um, a thing I got uh, from, it's, it's a Kickstarter project that's ongoing called the Focus Timer. I did a little video for it on YouTube. And the guy who make it, I don't really know the guy, but he sent me one. And I told he offered to send me one. I said, don't send it to me. I don't need more stuff. And then he sent it to me anyway. And I really like it. It's just a little electronic, like um, hourglass where you spin it and it, and it does timing. So like, if I want to say, okay, I'm only going to do email for 30 minutes, I'll set the timer for 30 minutes and then it goes off and it's visual and it's kind of nice. But uh, other than the rotating bit of star Wars stuff, I don't have a whole lot on my desk. Oh, and I have a great pen. I I got the um, uh, the Apollo. I think they call it the Apollo pen. You recognized it when I sent you the picture, but it's a stainless steel pen from Studio Neat, and um, the weight is amazing. It's just it's just a great pen. I've had you know I have some fountain pens and stuff, but this is the one I just keep on my desk, and I always have use for it. And I keep some note cards on my desk as well, where I can write stuff down real quick. Yeah, this was a special edition Mark One by Studio Neat. That there was a Kickstarter that ran for eight days uh, to mark the fiftieth anniversary of Apollo Eleven. I've got one too, and it's it's really awesome. As I was finishing the studio build, uh, a listener sent me a link, as they do sometimes. <laughs> and Orbit Key, there's a company called Orbit Key. They made a Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi desk mat, <laughs> and. Uh, I bought it, you know, like, why not? Right. But it's got a very subtle, like uh rebel insignia on it. And it's just really well-made. It's got a magnet strip across the top with a little thing where you can hold cables. It's fall leather. It's not real leather, but it's got felt underneath, but you can lift the leather and put like a document underneath and just keep your desk really clean. I actually really, I've only had it now for a week, but it's also very nice. So I, I like that. I, I do like having a leather pad on top of my desk or something like it. Yeah, this looks really nice. I love the, I never remember if that's embossing or debossing, but however they smash the logo into the corner of that, it looks sick. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Text Expander. Go to textexpander.com slash MPU to get 20% off your first year and sign up. I've talked in the past about how I use Text Expander for my own personal productivity, but did you know Text Expander can also be good for your team productivity? With Text Expander, you can get your team communicating faster so they can focus on what's most important. With Text Expander, your team's knowledge is at their fingertips. So get your whole team on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hand of everyone that needs to use it. I remember one of my old jobs, they had a Microsoft Word document where they kept repeated text phrases. That was nuts. Of course, in very little time, there were multiple copies of the Word document and different copies of the words. Text Expander lets you solve all of that. You can share your team's knowledge across departments, so your team is sending a unified message to your customers and isn't spending time reinventing the wheel. So here's how it works. First, you store it. You keep your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. And then you share it. You get your whole team access to all the content they need to use every day. And you can organize it by department. And then you can expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device 
across any apps you use. I even find it in my little Sparky Media company. I use a text expander for Teams account. I update things in there that some of my helpers use all the time. So if we get a new magic URL or if I change some language, their text expansion just updates. They do the same expansion, but they get the updated text every time, and it's really that easy. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, and you can get 20% off your first year. Just go to textexpander.com slash MPU. I really believe Text Expander is a great personal productivity tool, but as you can see, it's also a great team productivity tool. So go check it out. Once again, textexpander.com slash MPU, the original sponsor of the Mac Power Users, Text Expander, and we thank them for all of their support. So let's turn our attention to our bags. Uh, you and I did a live stream the other day on my channel, kind of going through this, uh, but we get a little bit deeper now. You have, uh, over the years, talked up the Waterfield uh, bags, sfbags.com. They've got a bunch of different bags, you and a couple of them. Uh, and I made my first purchase from them. I got the uh, Essential Laptop Backpack. And it's black, you know, sort of nylon, and it uses their gold honeycomb pattern interior. And I've been really happy with it. It's only been a couple weeks, and actually next week I'm on vacation, so I'm going to take it with me to the beach. But it has been uh, really nice. I wanted something that was a little dressier looking than my uh, burnt orange Tom Ben that, that I loved and have had forever. But this uh, this has been a nice upgrade for me. Yeah, you know, I think the problem was because I always get the like the leather looking ones. I, um, I've always said I, I want my bag to look like Indiana Jones was using it, and yeah. that's not that's not your thing. And I didn't realize I hadn't really told you, but they make like black bags and like you know, kind of more formal looking bags mm-hmm. than the dirty Indiana Jones ones I'm carrying around all the time. But a lot of their their line they have those options, and I, I don't know I, I like the company. I I started buying them because uh, I just admired them uh, at you know going to MacWorld and seeing people use them. But I also like that you know they're you know, they're based out of San Francisco. They do manufacturing there. They, they seem like kind of like solid folk. Um, at this point, I've I have given away a lot of the ones that I've purchased over the years, and they're all still in circulation. Um, the one I, I the one I'm currently using isn't even being made anymore, but they make a lot um, of that ilk you know they have um in fact the one which one did you buy the essential laptop backpack yeah yeah that's that's a really nice one with really clean lines um another one that i really like um that is currently for sale is the bolt backpack and it's got nice pockets and it's got you know uh water uh holders and stuff like that so that's also nice they've all got the orange lining inside we talked if you watch the video we we kind of shared a shared our bag experiences, but I'm a fan of their stuff. I also have another one that I use all the time. It's called the Sutter TechSling. And that one just goes over one shoulder. And uh, I, I'm really careful about that because as you get older, you don't want to like put too much weight on one side. But if I'm just taking like an iPad and a couple little things with me, I like that TechSling because it just goes over one shoulder and it's not very heavy. Um, but the uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of their bags. One thing that I've I've struggled with over the years coming from my previous career is like, what do I actually need in a bag? And when we were going through our, our live stream, I realized like, oh, there's a lot of tech in here that I've kept either from like my days a long time ago from being a, uh, a tech consultant to even stuff that I would use 
a lot in our live shows, which of course we haven't done for, for several years now. And I've really tried to focus on what I need now. So there's a bunch of stuff that I pitched out of my bag after our, our live stream. Uh, but one thing that's made a huge difference for me is just the existence and then my moving to the M2 MacBook Air, which is your sort of portable machine as well. It's so thin and light, it you hardly notice it in your bag, which is incredible. It's great. Um, we forget it's there. I, I either take the M2 or the 11-inch iPad. It just kind of depends on you know, what my plans are. Like the iPad is probably the one I take the most because it's got the always-on internet connection. And if I need to do something quick and dirty, I can do it on that. If I want to actually work, I bring the the Mac. So uh, don't take that wrong, iPad lovers. But, you know, mm. the Mac is more powerful for me. Um, and then the thing with the M2 is, like, all of a sudden you don't have all the ports again, you know. And, uh, and one of the things I noticed, like, in our videos, you actually carry a lot of dongles. I actually don't carry any. I mean, when I bring the M2, I'm, I'm usually just bringing it to do stuff. If I'm going to present, that would be a different story. I think I would make a point of adding dongles, but generally, I don't feel like I need them. Yeah, there's some that I could get away with not carrying for sure. I just tend to want like anything I may encounter, uh, <laughs> I want in there. And uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit later about the idea of a tech go bag. But I think with with the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro, you know, a lot of people can get away with not carrying some stuff because it's got more ports and it's got an SD card reader and that sort of thing. But uh, I definitely have have quite a few. Um, uh, something else that I've that I have really consolidated down into one sort of smaller package is having a, a little wall charger that can do can do everything. So I'm using the Minix 66 watt Turbo Three Port GAN wall charger. What a name! And uh, Gray had recommended it on Cortex, and I've been I've been really happy with it. Well, I say I was happy with it until. You showed me what you're using, which is a a multi-plug charger, you know, two USB-C and a USB-A, but it also has a battery in it. So it's it can be a battery bank and a multi-charger, and it, it you blew my mind uh, the other day on the live stream. Yeah, this is a thing. Uh, they just really, Anchor released this like three months ago. I bought it right before we went on vacation, and I love this thing. It's the Anchor 733 power bank. It's a 10,000 milliamp our battery but it's also a 30 watt actually it's a 65 watt uh, uh charger and um so you can plug it into the wall charge your device at 65 watts the same time it's filling up the battery so uh when you get like if you go on vacation or travel uh, for work you can have this thing plug it in and charge or run your device off of it but in a jam you can also pull it out of your bag and use it as a battery and that's kind of awesome, right? Yeah. In fact, I ordered one as soon as we got done with the stream. <laughs> it gets you? here tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's 30 watt off the charger and 65 watt off the wall. So uh, you could run an M2 MacBook Air on this, I think. I, I haven't tried to power the M2 MacBook Air because it's always got enough battery for mm-hmm. me. But I, I love having this thing. It's got two USB-C ports and one USB-A port on it. Um, you know, like anchor does now, they have a little indicator lights to show you charge level, which I think is nice. And the, uh, the little um, plug that, you know, goes into the wall folds into the device. 
so it, it gets square. Yeah, it's it's just a really nice thing. Um, and I, uh, I I did a post on it at Max Sparky once I started realizing how much I love it. And I've heard from a lot of readers that bought them mm-hmm. and like them as well. It's it's just a nice idea. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see more of these from other other manufacturers. I continue to be a fan of Anchor. You know, it's like with batteries, you just never know. Like if if the manufacturer is doing it right, and Anchor always seems like they do it right. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. You, know, you may see somebody that sells something similar, cheaper, but you don't recognize the name, and you don't want it to catch on fire or something. Mm-hmm. And um, Anchor, you know, it's like I just trust them. So I've been buying batteries from them for a long time, but this is by far my favorite because it's two in one. Uh, one thing that I'll add, I don't have a great solution for this because what I've bought in the past comes in like a pack of six or eight. But with these multi-chargers, you know, sometimes, or usually they're kind of bulky. And if you're in a hotel room, you know, maybe the only outlet is like at the base of the lamp or something. So you can find like six inch long or foot long heavy extension cords that, you know, would plug into like the lamp socket or something and make this more accessible. Uh, If you travel a lot, I recommend throwing one of those like maybe in your travel bag because I've definitely been in the situation where like oh I want to charge on my stuff on the nightstand but uh it won't it won't actually fit with the way that the the power is yeah I uh I have several of those too I bought them as a pack and I got the ones that have like an LED inside the plug so you know that power is flowing through it which is really great like for your media closet just to make sure oh is this thing actually powered Mm-hmm. But then I took one on a trip and I was like, wow, that's lighting up the entire hotel room. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, you know, just give that some thought before you order them. But yeah, those are, those are useful. And those are also useful for things like your media closet where uh, you just don't have, you never have enough of those power brick items where, you know, they've got the wide one where you can put the, you know, the, the wart on it for yeah. your, your various devices. So you can, you know, use these to, to extend that out off your power brick. Yeah, I use, uh, I've got several of them plugged into the back of my battery backup uh, that's under the other desk. Because underneath my overhead table, that desk underneath has a bunch of like home kit hubs and stuff that I need, you know, just like random things. And a bunch of that stuff comes with power bricks. Like, and it's a, such a pain to plug them into a battery backup. So I've got several of those, like, it's little, you know, six inch or eight inch extension cords to make, make life a little more livable. One of the things that stood out to me when we were talking yesterday is how little of the stuff in my bag these days is tech-related. It's all kind of compressed, right? I mean, I've got the usual assortment of cables, as we all do. I've got a battery. But um, in general, my bag is really kind of like glasses and tissues and you know pills and keys and things like that. But the technology bits have, have compressed for me, but they're all very useful. Like, I find an AirTag in a bag is like really great. And not only does it help you if you lose it, but it just gives you that kind of peace of mind. Like if you travel and you suddenly have to put it on an airplane, you can actually watch it come to the terminal and um, you can make it beep if it's, if you forget where you put it in the house. Um, Yeah. I'm a big fan of the AirTag in the bag trick. Yeah. And a lot of companies make little holders. So I've got a couple from Belkin, just so the AirTag is not loose in a bag. Apple sells some. Yeah. Apple's are really expensive. Uh, Bellroy, I think, makes some. Waterfield sells them. Like a bunch, you can find one in your style, is what I'm saying. And having having the the ability to like 
attach it to a key lanyard or something in your bag so you always know roughly where it is uh is really nice um i I prefer the the belkin one also for a for the suitcase they have one that's like instead of a fabric like a leather loop it uses a braided steel loop and you know you put it on you put it on with like a hex key like it is not coming off and i've got one of those uh on my the outside of my suitcase and that's fantastic when you travel see i put it on the inside of the suitcase with the idea that i wouldn't need to uh you know worry about it like getting knocked off or anything and, and it works fine from the inside um i just uh, coincidentally had to change the batteries and i hadn't done that in my air tags but you know a bunch of them suddenly started giving me the low ba- battery warning and again that was super easy i mean it's like I know, you know, we should expect that from any company, but with Apple, right, you know, sometimes you're like, are they going to give us a changeable battery? They're going to make us buy another one. And no, they they made it really easy. You push them together, twist them counterclockwise, and you just drop a new battery. And I got a pack of batteries for like five bucks off Amazon with like mm-hmm. 10 in it. And uh, and I'm off to the races again with these AirTags. Yeah, I've done... So I keep one on my keys and one in my bag, and both of those I, I recently replaced... But if you don't use an AirTag very often, they seem to last longer. But yeah, it just takes the CR2032, like I bought mine at the drugstore, and it yeah. takes two seconds, and you're you're back in business. This is totally unrelated to the show, but this is a power tip for everybody. Uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a uh, remote I got off Amazon. It is a, uh, I think it was $8. No, it's $9. And it's very rugged looking, but they have different colors. And the key is it has an uh, AirTag sized hold in the back of it. And if you have kids <laughs> and you've ever looked for the remote, you will want one of these. I So I put it on and it's amazing, right? I've already had to do the thing where you open the Find My app and have it ring the bell. Uh, and it's the first time you do it, you're like, that's the best $9 I have ever spent. Mm-hmm. Have you done that yet? Uh, no, but I need to because uh, my yeah my Apple TV remote goes goes missing all the time. Okay, I'm going to put this link in right now. T Apple TV remote. Okay, we went off went off the script a little bit here, but no, it's good. That's a, this that's is worth a, it, man. An important thing. And, and, and they have different colors, so you can get um like you know get a red one for the kitchen and a green one for the lounge or whatever you know. So so you know which one is which and. Uh, I recommended this uh, uh, remotes on Mac power users years ago because they made a magnetic one, which was nice where you could like stick it to the fridge. But the, the air tag thing is way better. I mean, it's like great. It's just a piece of molded rubber. I mean, it's nothing fancy, but it's uh, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. My kids have a tendency to lose the Apple TV remote in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Or even like, and my, my couch isn't super fancy and sometimes it just falls between mm-hmm. the cushions and like, you know, you just, it, it zones in and it makes a sound. It does everything you need to, to find the remote. Uh, getting back to the tech in the bags though. Um, Daisy and I are trying to shoot these videos when we go to Disneyland occasionally. And, um, and I have kind of evolved you and I've talked on the shows about different cameras and options but I've really evolved to kind of just shooting with the iPhone because it's just a great, you know, little piece of gear and it's already in my pocket. And there's a couple of things I I've got, I shared in the video. I've got the glyph, you know, the studio neat glyph, which is a, the best iPhone tripod mount 
that's ever been made, in my opinion. And they make a little wooden handle, which is great because when I go through security at Disney, uh, it doesn't look like a selfie stick. Although sometimes they think, I don't know, they give me a hard time about it anyway, but it's a piece of wood that you screw onto the glyph. And then I started looking at microphones and talking to people that, that do this stuff. And uh, I was recommended by a lot of people to get this microphone. And it's a, it is a, I believe, Rode. Uh, sure. I'm sorry. It's a Shure MV88, which is a little expensive for a mobile microphone. It's $144, but it really is great. And it has a lightning port on the bottom of it. I've had it now a year and a half and it does. I mean, the, the microphone on the iPhone is good, but if you want to get directional audio and even if you're just like talking to family members or recording a relative or something, this just does a much better job. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is it's got a lightning port and all rumors are that in a year the iPhone's going to get a USB-C port. So I feel like I've got a year of, of use left out of this thing. Mm-hmm. So be warned, you know, if, you, if you're someone who upgrades your phone every year, I think you're only going to get a year out of it. But it fits in your pocket and it is a great little microphone if you want to improve your iPhone video. The, uh, the only thing for me that I haven't really touched on, and I actually forgot to mention it on the, the live stream, was uh, I have a rechargeable uh, little flashlight. It's the Olight S2R2. It sounds like a droid name, but uh, yeah. it charges yeah. with, with it basically, it's MagSafe. Like it's, it's their yeah. own little. A uh, little USB rechargeable deal, and my wife and I each have one. Uh, I bought one for her for Christmas or something one year, and she really liked it. And so I ended up just buying one for myself. And so we have two of the chargers, which is nice. And uh, that stays clipped in my bag, or it's either there or in my nightstand. It kind of lives one of two places. But you'd be surprised how many times you you need a flashlight when you're out and about. Yeah, and I talked about it on the show too. I have one as well. Uh, mine is not as nice as this. I'm looking at yours now. Um, but it's very small. It runs on, I think, a AAA battery. And I just find so many uses for it. And and so it's connected to the little key fob that also has my AirTag on it. And um, I just find a lot of uses to have a flashlight. Sometimes to look in my bag, but often for other reasons. In fact, after we recorded that show, I got thinking, I feel like maybe I just need to keep a flashlight in my pocket. And mm-hmm. I use the iPhone one all the time, but it doesn't give me the focused light that these little LED lights do. And usually yeah. that's where the iPhone falls down for me. It's like like when I'm like digging in some cables or something and just trying to figure out if something's plugged in. I I may get a small one for my pocket. I don't know which one I'll get yet, but. And, and flashlights is definitely like a fetish thing where you can like spend way too much money on a flashlight. Oh yeah. Um, and, I probably uh, so, did. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I did. I haven't <laughs> gone down that rabbit hole. I, I'm usually looking for something that, you know, 10 to $20, but the, um, but yeah, uh, carrying a flashlight in your bag is good. Maybe in your pocket's not a bad idea either. Mm-hmm. This episode of MPU is made possible by electric. When you think of the phrase boss move, you might think of making a bold business decision or maybe giving a great presentation in front of a big crowd. The reality is, sometimes being a boss in a small business means sorting out the orange juice you spilled into your own keyboard or helping a staff member setting up their new laptop. 
The team at Electric know small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions, you can focus on building your empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. Delegation is so important when you own a small business. Trust me, I have learned this lesson over and over over the last eight years. And with Electric, you can turn over your IT needs to professionals, and you can focus on what made you the amazing business founder that you are. For MPU listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash MPU. That's electric.ai slash MPU. The link is in the show notes. Head over there now to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. And my thanks to Electric for their support of the show. One of the cool things you had in your uh, bag is you had like a tech go bag. And that is something I'm really interested in. Um, tell me about yours and, and how you set it up. Yeah, so I'm just using a, a Tom Ben snake charmer. Again, most bag companies make these now. And for me, it's like I can grab one thing and know that all the adapters and chargers and stuff that I carry are in the bag or not in the bag. So in there, I have a dedicated MagSafe charger for my laptop. Uh, actually, I think I have the, I don't, I think I have the 61 watt in there. So it will also charge the 14 inch MacBook Pro that my wife uses. And uh, then the, you know, various adapters and dongles that I use and some, you know, a couple USB C cables, a spare lightning cable, that sort of thing. And so if I'm taking my backpack where I don't need any tech, I can take the whole thing out and leave it on my desk. And the idea is that I don't ever go rooting around in there for things to use in the office or in the house. And yeah. so it is um it is sort of a standalone standalone thing that has been really useful for me. I've used it for years and it's gone from backpack to backpack for me and just nestled in at the bottom of the bag. And I know that if it's there, I've got, you know, kind of the basics that I need no matter what. But the key is not to fish out of there for something else. Yeah. See, I had one of these years ago and my kids figured out that I had it. And then it it started to slowly deplete, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I think, it, I think it's a good idea. Like, and like the stuff I've talked about so far, which is the GAN charger and basic cables, um, that is always in my bag, but like when I'm going to presentations or on a trip, like to have an additional set of adapters and readers and maybe, you know, flash memory and stuff like that, that I want, I think that would be a great idea to just keep it and have it, like you said, in a set bag that I can just put in and go. I, that's going to be a project for me to put that together. I probably already have all the stuff I want to put in it. I just got to figure out which bag I'm going to get to do it in. Yeah, I think something small that's self-contained, like the Snake Charmers is what I've had for a long time, but you can definitely get yeah. something that looks nicer or, you know, matches your aesthetic a little bit better. Yeah, well, I just need to like put it together. First, I need to assemble all the stuff I want to put in it, then pick a bag that, to fit the stuff that I have. Other kind of bag-related gear, iPhone cases, what are, what are you using? Yeah, so I've got the the iPhone 14 Pro 
I have the orange leather case, which I really like. Um, but just this weekend, I also picked up the storm blue silicone or silicon case. Because uh, yeah. the orange I, was uh, a lot for everyday use. Um, and actually, I, I've come to really like the silicon cases. Sometime yeah. in the 13 Pro cycle, my leather case like started falling apart. And I had a silicon case. I just put it on there and then ended up sticking. And so, yeah, I like the Apple cases. I know there are a lot of um, uh, a lot of third-party options, but I found the Apple ones to be pretty nice, and you know, you can get them on day one, which is nice. Yeah, uh, the Apple stuff is cool. I got the silicone case last year because I just didn't like the look of the leather ones. Um, but I, uh, those are cool. I just have the orange leather one from Apple at this point. But I just ordered the uh, the Peak Design iPhone case because I have a bunch of their accessories mm-hmm. and I like their cases. And uh, so I, I ordered that one. It was like, I think $40. I'll get a link. Um, but yeah, Peak Design makes cool cases with, uh, they've got like a mounting cube on the back that you can mount into. So if you want to like put it on stuff. And I, I also have the Peak Design uh, wallet, which I like better than the Apple wallet because it's got a little like flap on the top with a magnet closure. So you just don't have to worry about stuff falling out. In addition, uh, I don't use any iPad cases. I mean, I, I do use the, was it the super genius cover keyboard? What do they call it? Uh, <laughs> Apple's, you know, the oh. magic keyboard. Yeah. It, it's made of gold. It, 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 it costs as be. much as some yeah. tablets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I have one and I use it. Um, I just have one for the 11 inch. I don't have one for the 12.9 inch. Yeah. For the iPad, I don't really have a whole lot uh, other than just the keyboard case. Yeah. And Apple Pencil. Do you use your Apple Pencil much? Nope. Hardly ever. Yeah. yeah. I, Kinda, I use it all the time. Could have skipped it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I've I'm using the iPad mini. It does not come with a, a keyboard, but I'm using the smart folio from Apple, which is like a silicon case, but it's on the front and the back. And of course I have it in electric orange because that's an option. And um it's pretty sweet. Uh, just covers the front and back of it without adding much bulk, which is something I appreciate. I uh, I put mine, I use my pencil primarily with good notes. You know, I, I do take a lot of notes there and they're very easy to export to like day one if you want to just write, write down some stuff. But I, I don't have a whole lot on the iPad. The nice thing about the iPad is you don't need a lot of accessories. Somewhat related, again, a little off topic. Have you ever printed a book from day one? I have not. Okay, so I just yesterday got in the mail my first printing. I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, well, I should do this because I've got like 10 years of entries in day one. So I said, well, I'll just try 2021. And it ended up being four volumes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it looks really nice. I If anybody out there is is doing day one journaling and you want to have a nice hard copy, because uh, I had been like saving off PDFs and and trying different things, but I am sold on this day one printing now. In the future, I'm just gonna once a year print them, and um and just stick them in a, a drawer somewhere. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I definitely did it back in the iPhoto days, and yeah, you know, even now in photos, there are a bunch of third party uh, plugins and stuff. I've used Mimeo in the past. In fact, they're who print the four by six prints for the, my Kickstarters. But yeah, um, yeah, I need to check out the day one because I think it would be it would be interesting and it's it's one of those things that kind of 
uh, joins the digital and the physical, right? Like my kids love flip, like pulling out our old iPhoto books and like looking through the time we went to Disney in Florida or like, you know, we've got uh, one for each of them their first few years of life and they like to go look at baby pictures and stuff. So uh, but yeah, I think it's really cool that day one offers it. Uh, I'm not sure I'd print my journal and have it where my family could just flip through it yeah, exactly. <laughs> until I'm dead yeah. after I'm gone. Who cares? But uh, yeah. it is cool. And what I did with mine was I do have my like my personal entries in it, but I also have a IFTTT rule that sends day one every new blog entry at Max Markey. So I thought, well, I'll put that. That's one of the reasons why it expanded is because I had a bunch of blog entries. But it's kind of nice kind of seeing what I was thinking and what I was doing and what was going on on the blog at the same time. It's just kind of an interesting thing. I I did it as an experiment. I'm going to write about it or video about it at some point, but it was nicer than I thought it would be. And the the print quality is really good. Yeah, it's good to hear. Uh, how long did it take to get them? Like a week. I mean, oh, it wasn't man. long at all. But I did it wrong. I didn't really understand what I was doing because it put it into four volumes. I should have had separate artwork for each season because it's basically one every three months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't do it right. But I'm, I'm going to print some more years and and get a little more deliberate about it. But And like you, I'm not really going to leave these on the coffee table. <laughs> right. I mean, I, my whole point about journaling is you should be do it for yourself, not for other people. Um, but I'm going to put them aside somewhere. I enjoy already going and flipping through them. And like you said, when you're dead someday, if they want to read it, they can, or mm-hmm. if they want to use it to, you know, start a fire, that's okay too. You're dead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but the, um, uh, but uh, I'm mainly printing them for my own benefit. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com slash MPU and make your next move and enter offer code MPU at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. So last week we got a call from a close friend who just left her company and is starting her own business and she wanted to get started on the internet. She knew I was a nerd and she wanted to help me figure out who to hire. I told her not to hire anybody. Instead, I told her to set up a Squarespace site because With Squarespace, you're really covered with your new business, and they make it just so easy. She ended up coming over the house, we spent an hour, and now she has a beautiful website on Squarespace. And why shouldn't you use Squarespace for your business? With Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where your site visits or sales are coming from and which channels are most effective, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. Once you've got that data, you can improve your website and build marketing strategies based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. You can also sell products in an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products. Squarespace has the tools you need to get started selling online. And if you have any question about SEO tools, you can use the suite of integrated features and useful guides to help maximize prominence among search results. Setting up our friend was actually really fun. We really helped her get started and she really understands it now. It's not that difficult to run a Squarespace website. Once you get it up and running, you don't have to rely on experts or friends to keep it going. You can do it yourself. So head to squarespace.com slash MPU for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code MPU to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash MPU. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the Mac Power users. And we really appreciate that. Our thanks again to Squarespace for their support of the Mac Power users and all of Relay FM. 
So let's wrap this up by talking about things that we carry uh, on our on our persons. What what lives in your pockets most days? A lot. You know, I was just when we were when we stumbled in this. It's like I actually carry a lot of stuff in my pockets, and I am definitely occasionally a cargo pant guy. Uh, uh, but I also just in my jeans pockets keep a lot, and it's just kind of grown over the years. Left pocket for me is always iPhone. You know, this just I started that with the very first iPhone. Left pocket iPhone with the glass facing my skin, not the outside, mm-hmm. and so that's the only thing that goes in there. But the right pocket keeps growing with stuff. Um, the, uh, uh, I've got, you know, as I got older, um, reading, I just can't read anymore without reading glasses. Sadly, you know, if I open a book and I don't have my reading glasses on, I, I have no idea what it says. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody will send me a phone message and it's like, until I get my glasses. So, um, uh, but fortunately it's not so bad that I can't just buy those, those cheaters off Amazon and, you know, like for 10 or 15 bucks, you can get like 10 of them. So I keep them around the house in various places. But when you're out and about, you don't have them. Uh, another thing I found on Amazon is these foldable reading glasses. And they have a little plastic case. And they fold on the bridge. So they get very small. And um, I've got a pair of those in my pocket at all times. So if we go to a restaurant or something, I can read. So that's one thing. Uh, AirPods also go in the right pocket. Um, the, uh, when I'm at home, I keep a Leatherman in my pocket and just like, you know, the idea of a flashlight, I just do all sorts of stuff where having a knife and a little screwdriver or whatever is kind of convenient. And, uh, I use it multiple times a day. I grew up with a pocket knife. The thing is, you know, the world has changed in a lot of places I go these days, you go through security. So, um, I generally leave it when I leave the house, I leave it at home. You know, I have a little drawer for it and and it goes before I go out the door. Um, but uh, those are the three things that are almost always in my pocket in addition to like, you know, tissues and doggy bags. But that's, that's my, uh, that's my carry. Oh, and for my wallet, as I was saying earlier, I have a couple, I have the one that we talked about last year with the little air tag thing mm-hmm. in it. Um, and uh, that's cool. You know, when I'm going out, uh, but generally I use that, um, that peak design one that magnetically attaches to my iPhone case. Something I didn't mention earlier is we do have a magnetic Apple uh, uh, iPhone charger, you know, the little battery. Yeah. And da- Daisy and I share that, but um, she takes it more than I do these days because she's out more than I am. And it's just so small and convenient. But if if I'm using it, that will probably go in my pocket too. But I don't put it in the same pocket as the iPhone. I'm not really sure why. Honestly, I guess the better strategy would be to just keep it on your on your phone until it runs out of battery and then be done with it for the day. But as it is, I don't usually attach it until the phone gets down to like half charge. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a MagSafe battery pack as well. In fact, we've got two. I've got one and Mary has one. She's on the 13 mini, so she needs it <laughs> more often than I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if we go, you know, camping or hiking, we'll, we'll both use those. Um, uh, so for me, it's, yeah, it's iPhone in my front right pocket by itself. Nothing else goes in there. Again, a tradition dating back all the way to the first iPhone. Yeah. Um, my wallet game has changed. For a long time, I was using the Tom Tom Ben wallet. Uh, and uh, recently, a friend of mine uh, was showing me his Bellroy card sleeve. And it's more minimal than I've ever gone. But I've been able to squeeze down into it. And yeah. Uh, it's really a, not much bigger than the Apple MagSafe wallet, but it can hold 
a bit more. Now, it's not MagSafe, right? It's a standalone thing, but I can slip it in a front pocket really easily. I'm not a back pocket wallet person. It goes in my front left pocket, and so it's not big and bulky, and it's worked really well for me. I've had it maybe two months, and yeah, I did black, of course, with the orange pull tab because I love orange, and uh, I've been really happy with it. Not everybody can go down to this. In fact, I ha- one thing I've had to ditch is is carrying my company uh, like my company card with me. So if I need to spend money as the company somewhere, which is not re- really that often a person, I got to get it out of my desk drawer. Um, but it's probably good I don't have that on me anyways. So uh, been neat. You know, I got insurance cards, debit card, credit card, and then I keep uh, a little bit of cash and and my driver's license. And it's worked out really nicely. Yeah. The um, the Peak Design, I think the max I can get it in is like four cards. Yeah. And... Um, so, yeah, I don't carry a lot of stuff either. I think this is a little nicer than what I'm doing with the Peak Design, but I do like the little flap to pull stuff out. What else you got in your pocket? Uh, so something else that is almost always on me, and it's been true now for over a decade, is I carry a Field Notes notebook with me. We've talked about this a lot in the past. I always have one. Uh, my current one is from like, a printing from like 2012 or 2013. I have a bunch of them and just kind of pick a new one every month or anytime I fill one up, which is about about once a month. And um, I take notes in meetings. So I was on a call this morning with my financial advisor and like took two pages of notes in our meeting. Um, I keep track of, you know, kind of what I'm doing throughout the day or like, I mean, flipping through this one, there's part of a grocery list. Uh, Mike and I played a escape room game online a few weeks ago. So I have my like four pages of notes from that. And those pages look like a, I, I can't even comprehend what I wrote now. It's just a bunch of words and symbols that I'm sure meant something <laughs> during the game. Yeah. And, uh, and then I scan them and I, I keep them on a shelf here in the office. And uh, it's been something I've done for, I mean, literally 10 years now. And it, the, the phone has never fully replaced it for me. I still, find a lot of situations where I want to be able to write things down or sketch something or, or something like that. Yeah. I have, um, a Fisher space pen. It's one of those bullet ones that is very tiny. And mm-hmm. I keep that in the slot where I keep my Leatherman. So when I take the knife out, when I'm leaving, I put the pin in, you know? So when I'm out of the house, I keep a pin. And when I'm in the house, I keep a knife. Yeah. I will carry a knife sometimes, uh, I have a, it's, it was actually a collaboration between the James knife company and Aaron Draplin, who's my all time favorite graphic designer. Uh, James knife company sells several models. The one that I carry is the Folsom and the Draplin edition is orange on the outside and black. Uh, like, I don't know if it's anodized or what, but the blade is black and I used to carry a knife all the time. And I have over the years uh, have been in situations where I'm somewhere where I can't have it. And, you know, you got to bury it in a bush outside of a basketball game or something. So don't carry it every day. But uh, it's always on my desk right next to my stream deck. And if I'm going to go somewhere where I think I need one, I'll grab it. Uh, But I also keep a Leatherman in my truck. And it's in the same place in my truck all the time. And so that's if I'm out and about and need one. Uh, I can always just reach in the truck and grab it. Yeah, this leather, uh, this Folsom knife is nice. Wow. Yeah, it's Fancy. it's sweet. And you, your Leatherman is bigger than mine. You've got like the saw and a bunch of other stuff on it. Yeah, I figured because I, 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 I'm not going to carry it with me all the time. 
And so I figured, well, yeah. let's get something that has a lot of options in it. And it does have a belt thing. So like, for instance, um, like if my brother's nonprofit is having an event or something, I don't know, and I'm like yeah. helping set up, then I'll throw it on my belt and just be super cool for the day. But most of the time it just lives in the truck and I can grab it uh, when I need it. Yeah, but it is funny how often you find a uh, use for needle nose pliers. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, you can fix anything in the world with one of those. Well, we both have a lot of stuff in our pockets. I guess yeah. that's what it comes down to. <laughs> We're nerdy people, you know. It's it's yeah. it's how it yeah. goes. And uh, you know, I'm thankful to only have one phone. You know, I got a lot of friends who carry a, a personal phone and a work phone. <laughs> it's like I'm so glad I don't have to contend with that. The only thing I would add to mine is, uh, you know, AirPods. They're either in my backpack or in my pocket or, you know, on my desk somewhere. Uh, I, I am test driving the new AirPods Pro. And so far, I've been happy with them. Uh, and I did put a, you know, the new ones have a little lanyard loop on the case. Yeah. And so I had, we just had some material laying around. So I fashioned like a bright red <laughs> lanyard for it. Not that I'm wearing it around my wrist. But it makes it easier to find the AirPod case. And of course, you can use Find My Now and it makes noises and stuff, but uh, it makes it easier to spot. You know, if it, they're just, if you tossed them on the kitchen counter and then someone came in and dumped their homework on top of it, a little bit easier to see. I've got AirPods in my pocket or on my desk 24 7. I love them. I use those things for everything. I, I routinely use them when one ear more than two. You know, because if I'm listening to audio, uh, like a podcast or an audiobook or something, I don't need it in both ears. And the same thing with phone calls. You know, I just, and then that way there's always one fully charged. But I, uh, I love AirPods. I, I feel like Apple just knocked it out of the park with that product. Yeah, the whole lineup. I mean, even like the twos and the threes, you know, not to mention the pros, they're doing such a good job with it. And, they are just everywhere. Like, like on the conference call I was on earlier today with my financial guy, right? Like he's taking the call on a set of AirPods Pro. I was like, oh, hey, me too. Yeah. You know, they yeah. have, uh, as the world has opened back up some, it, I have really noticed more than ever that AirPods are just out in the wild and not even like at the gym or anything. Like I, I'm working out at home still, but you know, like people running or, you know, in the grocery store. Like, I feel like AirPods are everywhere and Apple's done such a good job with this line. It's impressive. It, it, it makes me happy for like the old iPod days where you saw the old, you know, the old white earbuds going from someone's jacket pocket up to their ears. It has that vibe again. And I, I kind of dig it. Well, you know, Stephen, it's always fun to go through this stuff and, uh, and, and talk about it. It does evolve over time. But it's not like revolutionary. It's evolutionary. And uh, it's fun sharing it. If you are out there and you've got some cool stuff on your desk or in your bag that you think we should have covered, you know, go to talk.macpowerusers.com and sound off. Yeah, this will be a fun uh, thread to follow. Yeah. In the meantime, thank you to our sponsors. That's our friends over at 1Password, Text Expander, Electric, and Squarespace. We're the Mac Power Users. You can find us at relay.fm slash mpu. And we'll see you next time.